Coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. Trump would go under the jail. That's what we used to say in South Carolina. I didn't put you under the jail. Now, if that was President Barack Obama, I think that Bill, he would go to jail too. But maybe Trump is above the law. Well, I think he can talk his way into it because he's done that already. Okay, wait a minute. How you mean? So you said he doesn't know how to keep his mouth shut. You want to think the best, and I'm not thinking the worst, but it's like, how many chances does one get? There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, Bill? Not one. Come on, Bill, you got to have one, a token black person, a token. And there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids. And I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Father God, we just come to you just saying, thank you, God, for all your grace and mercy. God, just keep this country, America, the country we love, in God we trust, and we just thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' precious name, we pray and believe. Amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, as our country goes through tremendous turmoil related to the indictment of past president and one of his staff members and uh, the legal system, we ask that you give both the defense, defendants, and plaintiffs, and their lawyers, and the judges, and if it goes to a trial, the wit, the jury, wisdom and discernment and deciding what's right and what's wrong. Lord, we're a country of laws. Without those, we'd be have chaos. And it's important for everyone to follow the laws, even if it's uh, consequential to them. Amen. Bill, 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 as I live and breathe, I've witnessed some things, man. Let me, let me just tell you, it's crazy. But let me start with some good news first. Okay. They said the feds are keeping the interest rates unchanged for the first time in 15 months and look like inflation, inflation, inflation is holding still or coming down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's some good news. But let me tell you what 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 going on in my head as a black, good looking Democrat growing up in South Carolina, Bill, every now and then, you know, we would go in the grocery store and I see a little white kid fall out in the cereal aisle. I mean, he wanted some certain type of cereal and his mom wouldn't give it to him. He would just fall out, right? And I'm like, whoa. And his mom would say, Johnny, that's not how you behave. And Johnny, I don't want to. And she said, Johnny, please don't yell at me. And as a black kid, I'm like, whoa, what, what, what's going on? Because as a black kid, Bill, if we even thought about falling out in the cereal aisle, Big Mama would scoop my behind up, man, and she would lay something in on me and talking about 
Odell, no, it wouldn't be no conversation. It'd be one way wait conversation. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You had cereal? We didn't have cereal. <laughs> we had powdered milk, though. We had powdered milk. We had cornflakes and water sometime. Then it had to be cornflakes and powdered milk. And powdered no, milk I was kind in the I box. Tried so that. That is, that, oh, that is nasty. That well, you is know, nasty. this is kind of what, what, what all this reminds me of, Bill. It's almost like, wait a minute. Now, I see everything going on with the former president, and I see him in a courtroom, and he's not, you know, handcuffed or anything like that. But they say that they did get his fingerprints, didn't do a mugshot. They're like, you don't need a mugshot. We know who you are and all this stuff. You know, if he changes his hair, he may not know who he is. But Bill, but <laughs> Bill, but this is the thing. His co-defendant, a.k.a. his personal aide, Walt Nada, if I'm not mistaken, Bill he didn't have an attorney. So I'm from the hood. I'm a hood lawyer. I'm like, I see where this is going. He maybe didn't understand the Sixth Amendment, secure the right for the assistant for counsel by appointment if necessary. If the trial is serious, poor black folk know that, hey, we will get a court appointed or lawyer. This guy didn't know what, what, what happened. What did the president say? The president said, hey, man, come on in. Don't worry about it. I got a team of lawyers. I'm going to say not guilty, but you don't say nothing. You have no lawyers. Don't worry about it, man. I got you, bro. I got you. Well, it's true. He, he did not put in a plea, guilty or not guilty. So uh, I'm not sure what he said, but uh, I didn't realize he didn't have an attorney with him, which is uh, shocking, quite frankly. Well, I might be wrong. I don't know. I'm just going by hood attorney. But let me ask you this question, Bill. And think about this before you answer it, because the audience needs to know. What would have happened if Trump was black? Oh, boy, that's a good question. Well, if it was a black past president, he'd hopefully be getting the same treatment. But, uh, you know, everybody's innocent until proven guilty. Even though I read the indictment, it's like 54 pages. If what they say is in this indictment is true, holy cow. It's uh, pretty damning. In fact, let me just read a couple of things to give you some sense of what I'm talking about. This is on page two, point three, classified documents Trump stored in his boxes, including information regarding defense and weapon capabilities of both the United States and foreign countries, United States nuclear programs, potential vulnerabilities of the United States and its allies to military attack, the plans for possible retaliation response to a foreign attack, the unauthorized disclosure of these classified documents could put at risk the national security of the United States and the safety of U.S. military, and on and on. So the other thing, then on the next page, it says on March 30th of this year, the FBI opened a criminal investigation and a grand jury issued a subpoena requiring Trump to turn over all documents. Trump endeavored to obstruct the FBI and a grand jury and conceal his continued intention of classified documents. And at least he suggested that his attorney falsely represent to the FBI grand jury that Trump did not have documents called for by the grand jury. He directed defendant Vontae Nadi, that's the fellow you were talking about, to move boxes. That's a fellow with no lawyer, right? Who yep. Trump said, don't worry about it, bro, I got you. Yeah, he, he directing defendant uh, Vontae Nadi to move boxes of documents concealing them from Trump's attorney. So he hit him from his own attorney, the FBI and the grand jury, suggested his attorney hide or destroy documents called by the grand jury, 
providing to the FBI and the grand jury just some of the documents called for while claiming that he was cooperating fully, causing a certification to be submitted by the FBI and the grand jury, falsifying that he had returned all documents. Wow. And as a result of retention of documents, uh, refused to return them hundreds of classified documents to the federal government. So it goes through the dates when they started requiring him to do it. And they have conversations of text and phone calls between each person, what they did and when they did it. Talks about Nanti packing items, the dates he did it, what ballrooms he hid things in, what stages they were at, what happened when they fell over. I mean, this this thing is unbelievable. And uh, it says in December 21st, Nanti found several of Trump's boxes fallen. There's content spilled on the floor, including documents marked top secret. This thing is, you know, unless they're making all this up. This is an example of when he showed documents to a reporter while greeting a writer and publisher and his two staff members. So it was a group of people. He did this on July 21st, 2021. Trump stated, look what I found. This was a senior military official's plan of attack. Read it. Just show it. It's interesting. Later in the interview, Trump engaged in the following exchange. Well, with the senior military officer, let me see. I'll show you an example, he said that I wanted to attack country A. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look, this was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. That's what the reporter said. Wow. Trump said he looked at some. This was him, Trump. This wasn't done by me. This was him. All sorts of stuff, pages. Wait a minute, Trump says, let's see. And the staffer laughs. I found this amazing, totally amazing. And it went up and it was a secret information on an attack of a foreign country that the president's sharing with some other folks. Didn't have the right to do it. And then they have, starting on page 18, they have all these conversations with him and Nanti talking about hiding these books, falsifying information, uh, Nadi made false and misleading statements as set forth in count 38 of his indictment, falsely stating that he was not aware of Trump's boxes being brought from Trump's residence. He brought the boxes, falsely stating that he did not know how the boxes got there. He moved them. <laughs> when asked whether he knew where Trump boxes had been stored, he responded, I wish I wish I could tell you, I don't know. I honestly don't know. And he's he, telling all this to an FBI agent, a that, government official? Yeah, under oath. And uh, under oath, yeah, they had him under oath to ask her these questions. Wow, and then here's another one on May 23rd of 2022, not that long ago. Trump met with his attorney one and attorney two at Mar a Lago. Trump said to attorney one, I don't want anyone looking, I don't want anyone looking through my boxes. I really don't. I don't want you looking through my boxes. And then point B, well, what if we this is Trump, what happens if we just don't? respond at all and don't play ball with them. Then Trump said later on, wouldn't it be better if we just told them we don't have them? And then Trump said later, well, look, isn't it better that we have no documents? And he recommended destroying them. And uh, I mean, this this stuff, false certification to the FBI and grand jury, he signed it. I mean, this guy, I think he's toast. Bill, you know what? When you said something about Mar-a-Lago, it reminds me, I used to look at this show called Hoarders. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's oh, yeah. almost like 
they turned Mar-a-Lago into a hoarder's episode using classified documents. You know, things were hid everywhere. And it's like, don't look in these boxes. Don't move this box or everything else. But, you know, it's interesting. So I asked my question another way. Same thing. What if Trump was black? Yeah. All this stuff going on. I mean, after everything, Bill, Trump went on and it's like, he turned this thing almost into a campaign event. It's like, okay, what are we going to do today? Well, we're going to court. And after court, we're going to buy lunch for everybody. And after lunch, we got a, a rally here. And listen, I'm mad at him, Bill. But instead of saying to the audience and everybody, what if Trump was black? Let's just say, what if that was President Obama? Would people respond to President Obama the way they're responding to Trump? But you know what? My understanding is each charge carries a maximum of $250,000 fine and a maximum jail sentence between five and 20 years, correct? Mm-hmm. And NADA showed up in court with no representation. And they have all these indictments on him, right? Yep. So in your opinion, what happens next to Trump? Will he still be able to run for the president again? Well, if he gets convicted as a felon, no, he can't. I think what happens next for him is, you know, he's been known for stalling and dragging it out. I think his hope is that he wins the Republican election, he wins the national election, and then he can get all this stuff gone as president. I'm not so sure that's a solid strategy. Uh, and also, if he can delay long enough, they can't, you know, during the election, they probably wouldn't go forward with all this stuff. But they might. I don't know. There's another indictment coming down on January 6th, supposedly, and one for Atlanta in August. So he might have a whole bunch of stuff. And then I heard the lady that he sued him because of rape and all the bad stuff. Well, he went on CNN and said more bad stuff about her. And she went to the judge and said, I want to open the case and sue him again for what he said. And the judge said, okay. Okay. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Democrat, been a Democrat my whole life. I have supported and voted for Republican candidates who I believe in because I don't believe in straight tickets. So let me ask you this question. As a Republican, how much of a divide is there now in the Republican Party? And will he get support or will the other Republican presidential nominees use this as part of their platform? Well, a couple of people have come out criticizing Trump. I think uh, his past Secretary of State and Attorney General Barr has come out, and Chris Christie have. The rest of them are all towing the line that this shouldn't have happened, that it's unfair, that other people have had stuff in and, and boxes, and look at uh, Hillary Clinton's 30,000 emails and all that in the server. And, you know, I get it, okay? But it's like a little kid. Well, Johnny did that, so why can't I do that? What about ism? We and, call that what about ism? Yeah. What about this? What about it? Well, here's the thing. When you go into courtroom, all that stuff disappears. They're looking at the facts that are in this indictment. You can say, hey, listen, I, I want to bring up Clinton's 30,000 emails. They're going to say, no, you can't. It doesn't apply to it. So they're going to stay with the facts, and it's going to be hard to dispute the facts. And I don't know what his defense is going to be. I, I really don't. Nada. Well, the defense is, well, no, I'm going to take the fall. That's the way we do it in the hood. Yeah. That's how we do it in the hood. Yeah, well, he he was the one that took the boxes and moved them and on his own without Trump giving him any guidance. Trump had no idea what was going on. So yeah. let me ask you this question. Do well, you I got think, one for you. Yes. Why do you think he kept the boxes? Oh, man, that's a great question. I mean, you know, what, he, what did he need them for? And who took the pictures? You know what I mean? And, and who took the pictures? Somebody took the pictures. I think he kept the boxes because I think that the gentleman 
is a narcissist. I think that President Trump, I haven't heard that term used for him as a narcissist at all. I heard it for OJ. I hear it for other people, but I never heard it from him. And I think that he felt that he was the most powerful man in the world when he was the president of the United States of America. And with his personality, he was able to go around the world and meet other powerful men, whether it was North Korea, was it China, Russia, and he could go around and do anything he wanted to. And he had the power bill and he utilized the power. But, you know, it's a fine line between power and corruption. And sometimes power will get you in trouble. You could get drunk with power. So I think he took the boxes. It's almost like, and I'm not calling him that, it's almost like someone who commits certain crimes, they take momentums from their crime. Why do you think he kept the boxes? You know, I don't know, but I'm going to give one idea that came to my mind. You know, Trump had these electronic playing cards of him, pictures looking like Superman and all that stuff. Okay. And they were digital. And I think he had to pay $99 for them or something like that. And he sold like a million of them. Wow. So he got all that money. And he didn't have to print anything because they're digital. Oh, wow. So there hardly any cost to it. So he made a profit. I think he took some of that stuff open someday that some of it he could sell. Not the top secret stuff unless it was declassified, but, you know, letters of him appointing somebody. You know, if you find a letter from George Washington or Abraham Lincoln appointing somebody that was a, a judge or whatever it was, that signature is worth a lot of money. Uh-huh. And I think he thought that he would have, this was his inventory to sell whenever he wanted to sell it. That's my guess is that he used this as a, plus he, he liked to look at it, like you said, a memento from what he what he did and how important he was that people were giving him these you know secret things and i do think he got drunk with power i you got to put a set of lenses on and think in his spot you liked power you enjoyed it you had it i mean he was on that tv show about a millionaire i think that's what it's or you're fired or whatever it is yeah and uh that boosted his ego but when you become president of the united states you don't even open your own car door. You don't open any doors. Right. You you know, you have a motorcade every place you go. You're flying on the best jet in the world. You're going into palaces. You're meeting people. People are respect. I mean, it it really feeds into that. And if you're if you don't have a strong constitution, you start believing this this is me. This is the way I should be treated. Hey, barbershop talk, Bill. You know, in the black barbershop, you go in there and everybody talking junk, you know, a little bit of lies, a little bit of braggadocious, a little bit of everything. I think Is there any bourbon in there? Uh, not too much bourbon in okay. the black barbershop. But I think President Trump stole the stuff because he wanted to steal it. You know, unlike you said, well, Dale, maybe he wanted to just uh, be nice and save it for momentums and make a little money off it. Nah, I think he stole it. I think he stole it and he know he stole it. And I think he was going to use it for personal gain down the road. And I think that, you know, sometimes... You want to think the best, and I'm not thinking the worst, but it's like, how many chances does one get? Because one thing about it, when someone shows you, you who they are, then you have to believe it. So the question is, Bill, whether he took it or not, how he took it, uh, unintended consequences are still consequences. So you stole it or you took it by mistake, but then when they ask you to return it, you're like, no, I'm going to hide it. I'm going to hide it, and I'm going to get my assistant, Nada, 
to go hide it too. And we're going to even lie to our own attorneys, which make no sense. So my question to you now is, do you think he actually go to jail? I don't think he's going to go to jail. I think the game plan is to get him a felony conviction. And once he gets a felony conviction, he's not eligible to run for an office. Whose game plan is it? If you say it's a game plan, then that means someone planned the game. So who do you think planned the game if that's the game plan? Don't know. Don't know. I think, you know, getting a felony conviction and him saying he wouldn't run would pop, people would be satisfied with that. But him going to jail, I don't, I don't see that. But you never know. You know, the jury can come up with it and say he's got to go to jail. My thoughts, if Trump was black, his black behind would go to jail. That's my thoughts. That's my thoughts. You said, no, everything ain't racist. I know everything ain't racial. If Trump was black, Trump would go under the jail. That's what we used to say in South Carolina. I didn't put you under the jail. Now, if that was President Barack Obama, I think that Bill... He would go to jail, too. But maybe Trump is above the law. And then my good friend, Congressman Walker, told me once, well, he's not above the law, but he's not beneath the law. And I'm like, yeah, right. But hey, hey, I think Trump's going to jail. You know, is he still going to be supported, though, Bill, by the people? And if so, why? Oh, yeah. His his core group is, I mean, he could do anything he wants and they're going to support them. They're going to, I'm sure they're going to read this indictment and said lies. They're all lies. They have no proof. And, you know, that's the beauty of our legal system. We need our legal system to filter through all this stuff. And they're going to say, well, they couldn't find 14 people that were honest. Here's why I don't think he's going to jail. It just takes one juror, one juror to say no. If they get one juror that says no, it's a hung jury that they don't have a conviction. Well, you're right. You're absolutely right. And someone may pride themselves in the fact that I prevented Trump from going to jail. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. But, you know, who's Trump's biggest supporters in the Republican Party now? And I guess you would say what is that 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 crowd, the mega crowd? Yeah, the mega crowd for sure. So, Bill, I'm not white. I'm black. I'm not a Republican. I'm a Democrat. What does the mega crowd, without being stereotypical, explain the mega crowd who would say, no, no matter what, we are supporting Trump. Help me understand that, well, please. Okay. In, in, in both parties, mm-hmm. uh, there's you know 20% that don't care and 20% that are really, really radical. And there's a 60% that are quiet. We used to call that the silent majority. Right. Well, in the case of Trump, what he's done is the Republican Party was made up of 20 in the bottom, the 20 in the top, and the 60 in the middle. Well, what's happened is they've made so many crazy claims that 60 in the middle has moved off of being Republican and have gone to independent. So what's left are the two crazies. Mm. And the two crazies are Mac. So uh, I was with a lady today in Stokesdale. I was there talking to an accountant and meeting some of the people in my district. And... uh I was at a food truck and, and uh, I introduced myself and ordered some lunch and I uh, gave the lady my card. I said, I'm, are you living in Stokesdale? And she goes, yes. I said, well, I represent your district and I'm a school board person. Introduced myself. And uh, she said she was a Republican, head of the Republican Party, a women's group. Uh-huh. And she actually went on January 6th up to Washington. Okay. They and, do what? Well, she said they went up to rally and support of Trump. And that it was a hung election. 
And she said, when she got up there, everything was great. It was peaceful crowd, but she said it was a bit odd. She said there were no trash cans and there was something else missing. I can't remember what she said and uh, maybe security. And then uh, she started marching up to the, the Capitol. When he got close, she could see people climbing the walls, but she said people do that on 4th of July and other times, I guess. I don't know. It wasn't like, oh, this is a big deal. But then she said it was all of a sudden, oh, she said when they were listening to Trump, there wasn't a lot of press hmm. around either. So when they got up to the Capitol, busloads of press showed up. Busloads. Wow. And wow. busloads of guys in SWAT equipment. Now, I didn't ask her, is that, were they police SWAT or Proud Boy SWAT? I don't know. Right. But I'll, I'll, I'll see her again and ask her. And she said, you know, it was kind of like it was almost a setup, the way it was set up. And I who, said, who set it up? Well, I didn't ask her that. I okay. didn't ask her that. So I said, well, you're still Republican. And she goes, well, no. I got tired of the craziness of the Republican. I'm independent. And I, I've heard that from so many independents that were Republicans said, I can't put up with the craziness in the Republican Party. And, you know, you, you, you think about it. Tom Tillis, our senator, just got uh, censored by the North Carolina GOP because he took a stance on LBGQ plus and on immigration that was different than the party platform. So they censored him. And as far as I know, the only other person that's been censored is me. <laughs> it's not funny. I, I, Bill, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. It's almost like well, pre President here's, here's Trump. Here's my you know? question. Here's my question. I got censored because I stepped in and volunteered. <laughs> don't ever do that, I guess. And he got censored for his reasons. But I don't see anybody censoring a, a guy that has 37 indictments, been charged for rape, tax evasion. No censoring for that. Well, you know, it's interesting when I looked on TV, like everyone else, the ex-president was not in handcuffs. You know, he wasn't in handcuffs at all. And I remember, I thought I saw, you talked about you being censored. I thought I saw a gentleman at the, when you were being put on the board, the gentleman who thought he was going to be on the board, he had a, had his hands behind his back, like he was going to get handcuffed. But I don't think someone ever had, I might be wrong. And then I thought I saw a campaign ad with him on the front page of the newspaper, like he was handcuffed. What was, help me on that. Well, you know who took that picture? Who? Ivan Cutler. It's got, Ivan Cutler? Ivan Cutler took that picture. But he wasn't handcuffed. Why, why did he? No, he wasn't handcuffed. And I talked to the police, the folks that were there. Yeah. And uh, the fellow, Logan, wanted to be handcuffed. And they said, no, we're not going to handcuff you. We're going to ask you to step out. So he wanted to be handcuffed. Yeah, he was. Why? He was making a scene. Oh, wow. Okay. So so the picture, what I thought I saw for his campaign was he was handcuffed and had some writing on the top. Anyone know what the writing was on his campaign no, information showing no, him handcuffed? No, I wouldn't know. Wow. Wow. You know, it's interesting. You said. Probably, wait, now that I think about it, I do know. Bill Goebel did this. <laughs> oh, come on, Goebel, come on, Goebel. You know, it's interesting, though, when you said you talked to the young lady and asked if she's still a Republican, and she said, no, she's not a Republican anymore. So I asked the question, you know, when you start looking at the Electoral College votes bill, can Republicans count? Because at the end of the day, we know the Electoral College is 538 electors, 270 required to be elected to president. So... We know what happened with Trump. And before all this, on the 2022 red wave results, we we understand that. 
And, you know, the thing is, you had to appeal to the educated white female suburban voters, exactly what you just talked about, not urban or rural, but suburban. So in 2016, Trump won all six of these states that they call the, you know, battleground states or purple states or swing states. In 2020, he lost five of them. Remember this thing called the blue wall? You know, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Mm -hmm. And then the other three are North Carolina, which he won, Arizona, which he lost, Georgia, which he lost. And Georgia got him in trouble, like you stated, that he's got to go back, you know, to Georgia because, you know, it's an old song say, you know, devil went down to Georgia looking for a soul of steel. He was in a bind because he was way behind. He was trying to make a deal, you know. So that's where I think the Republican Party's in trouble with those suburban female voters, like you stated earlier, what the young lady said. So, Bill, if Trump gets reelected, will he make all these charges go away and pardon himself? I think he has the right to do that. Yes. I think he has the right. Can Trump talk his way out of this one now? Well, I think he can talk his way into it because he's done that already. Okay, wait a minute. How you mean? So you said he doesn't know how to keep his mouth shut. You know, I was talking to somebody, Millie, uh, or somebody, one of his chief of staff at the time, Uh at the beginning. You know, he was tweeting out everything. So they took away Trump's cell phone. Wow. You know what he did? What? Went out and got another one. Just like that. Yeah. And he started tweeting again, and they went and took his cell phone away. Did it, I guess, two or three times, and then they finally said, to heck with it. It's almost like, you know, a guy who's an alcoholic and you say, and we understand alcoholism is addicted, so we know that, but it's like, okay, you take all the booze and hide it and the guy or girl go get some more, you know? So Trump Bill in his own way is a showman, you know, he's a showman, you know, he did what he does and Again, he treated it like a day of a campaign event. You know, oh, you yeah. see the pictures. There's a fundraiser. Yeah, I exactly. got all kinds of text from them asking for money to help support him. And you notice Biden's gone silent. He hasn't used it to try and raise money. He's not making comments. He's told his Democratic Party not to make any comments, just to be quiet and let the system work. And so if you look, the Democrats are saying, let them cook their own goose. You know, you know, do you think this is going to cause the country to get further divided and get I, into chaos? I think so. I think so in the fact that Trump is so polarizing. And one would easily say that, why does Trump try to divide us? And I think that that's part of who he is. You know, he came into this spotlight in a way, talking about President Barack Obama wasn't born in America and he's this and he's that. And and I forgot what they called it, birthism, birtherism or something like that when they was talking about all that. And he stuck with that. And it's almost like the dog whistles, undertones, like what happened in Virginia is like when you had, you know, folks out there marching, Jews will not replace us. And he's like, it's good people on both sides. And people say, well, Odell, do you think that Trump hate black people? And I... I've said I didn't think so at one time. And then the gentleman who was on, who was the son of the white supremacist guy said, of course he does. And sometimes people who in know. And but the key is, Bill, I do think it's going to divide us. But what do all this really means? Because at the end of the day, we have China out there. We have Russia out there. We have real enemies. And the thing about any great society, whether it's the Roman society or other ancient societies, they may have never been conquered from the outside, 
they imploded from the inside. That's true. That's absolutely true. Here's what I think. Uh, and I've been around a long time. So I was here when Nixon was dividing the country. Mm. Okay. And I got to see that. For, I was in D.C. when all that was happening. So I got to see that firsthand. And if you were to ask me that question back then and you're in the middle of it, I say, oh, yeah, he's dividing the country big time. But now you don't even talk about it. You don't, it doesn't even come up. Nixon, what? What did he do? And that was, what, 40 years ago? Nixon was Tricky Dick, right? Yeah, Tricky Dicky. When you say he divided, what was his big deal? I know he- you he, know, had, he had a very conservative group of people that supported him. And he, he was being going after by the liberals to stop the war. And it was the war that was causing, you know, that was the big rubbing point. Uh-huh. He viewed the college students and all these people protesting the war- is um, traitors. Quite frankly, they had the police and the military. Like when I was in Chicago uh, during the Democratic Convention, the National Guard was called out. Wow. National Guard was called out a lot during those things. To answer the question, I think Trump's going to divide us short term. Uh huh. 30 years from now, it'll be a footnote. But people get killed in footnotes, Bill. Oh, yeah. Families get destroyed in footnotes. Yeah. Careers are destroyed in footnotes. The whole thing about the communists and uh, what was the name of the McCarthyism and the stuff. Folks' lives got damaged in footnotes when the presidents uh, rounded up all the Asian Americans at one time. Sure. People get destroyed. Yeah. So, you know, a footnote is a footnote until it happens to you. You got it. I got a question. Yes. And this is a question for our listening audience. If you were the person, the federal government, put these indictments again. So take Donald Trump's name off and put in Bill Goble or Odell Cleveland. Would you be scared? I think I would. I would be scared and concerned for two reasons. First thing is that this is real. Now, in spite of everything, you may think the president and all, or whomever, these are some serious allegations. And secondly, Bill, you would say, you know what? It happens in our personal lives and business, and you see it in sports and any other leadership position, sometimes people are like, you know what, I need to step back. I need to resign and take some time and deal with some things in my personal life or for family reasons or whatever. So he had an out. Do you think he will say, I'm going to put the country above myself, and at this time, I'm going to bow out or I'm going to do something different, or is it just all about him? Well, he always doubles down. So I think he's got to double down. He He's, he's not going to back off. I'd be shocked. That it would not go the way his personality is. Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. You think this is the first time Donald Trump has hidden documents and moved things around? Without any proof, I would say no. I would say no. I think Donald Trump is one of these guys who has spent a lot of his life being successful by his means and his ways. And let's be for real, this guy has been very successful. It's interesting. You look at him and he said, well, I'm going to my house in Florida. I'm going to my house in New Jersey. I'm going to my resort in New York. I'm going to my, you know, flying around on a private plane. Listen, it's good as far as his success goes, Bill, but at what cost? You know, when you think about it, at what cost are we willing to destroy the country. A good friend of ours, Congressman Mark Walker, who is um, running for governor now, he sent a tweet to me and it says, political fractions and evangelical groups have merged 
This new religion dangerously worshiped leaders whose behavior mocked the very faith these groups claim to represent. Nothing wrong with faith-based political organizations, but this new religion, Griff's, is not Christianity. And a lot of times, Bill, as Christians, we say, in God we trust and everything else, but it's almost like if I wasn't a Christian and I would look at some of the way we're behaving through all this with our churches, and I'm talking about black churches, white churches, different denominations, people are like, wait a minute, do I really want to join that? Because at the end of the day, Bill's like, will the country really put a former president in jail? Nixon didn't go to jail. And the thing about it, was he innocent or guilty? He didn't go to jail. You're right. You're right. He didn't go to jail. He got uh, Gerald Ford, President Ford at the time, gave him a pardon. And the reason he gave him a pardon, because Nixon was going to go to jail. They had the goods on him. If Nixon was black, would he have went to jail? So what could happen is... Biden could pardon him on the condition he doesn't run for any political office. So justice is Richard Pryor. When I, you know, before I was saved, I used to listen to Richard Pryor. I don't know you know who Richard Pryor is, a black comedian. Yeah, and I've, I've heard his stuff. It's a little colorful. Yeah, it is very colorful. Before I was saved, let me say that again. As a young boy, <laughs> we used to listen to Richard Pryor, and Richard Pryor would say, if we went downtown looking for justice as a black person, that's who we would find just us, <laughs> yeah. you know? So I'm just saying, yeah. you know, so Nixon didn't go to jail. Chances are Trump won't go to jail. And my question is, if Trump was black, would he went to jail? If Nixon's black, would he went to jail? And if it was Barack Obama with the company, I mean, the country behaved the same. So why do so many people think Trump did nothing wrong? They think all this is made up and that the people that are going after him, the prosecutors, are agents for Biden and the FBI and the Justice Department that is uh, corrupt. And, you know, I know Chief Justice Paul Newby of Supreme Court, and I've met a lot of judges. I'm on his task force, and I've met a lot of judges. These judges pride themselves on following the rule of law. Wow. I mean, they that is their thing. I'm focused on following the rule of law. Now, there's some wiggle room in some of those things, but for the most part, it's following the Constitution of North Carolina and the Constitution of the United States and then case law and uh, state law, you know, legislative law. Does that mean they've corrupted all these people? They corrupted the grand jury. They corrupted the witnesses that came in, the lawyers that were attorney one and attorney two. Right. All those people have gotten together and sat in a room and said, okay, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? How are you going to do I don't think that happens. I don't think that happens. But this challenge people, Bill, to get people to really think, just to get people to really think, you know, will this cause the country to divide into further chaos? I mean, what are we going to do? We're just going to start attacking each other again. Great civilizations. Well, you know what they need to do? Find common ground. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Because if we don't find common ground, as great as America is, God bless America, the greatest country on the face of the planet at this time, who we can protect ourselves from our enemies, but we can't protect the enemy who's within, and that's us. Well, think about going back to the founding fathers that started our Constitution, 13 states, and they fought over the Constitution, what was in it, what wasn't. And they ended up finding common ground and building our 
Bill of Rights and our Constitution, but it allowed slavery. Yeah. So they got common ground, and they had to compromise, so they said, we don't want to lose these states, so we'll keep slavery in there, and we'll kick that one down the can, down the bucket, the street, and we'll deal with it later, because at least we found some common ground. So that tells me when you find common ground, it's not always perfect, but it's something to start with and then fix later, because clearly slavery was not right. I guess all men are created equal, except for a black man who is three-fifths of a man. So to find common ground for this great country to get started was balanced on the back of black slaves, or if not balanced, it was the burden of the common ground, the burden of the establishment of the country, the burden of making sure that all the white folks was happy was less enslaved to black folks. So my question is, if Trump was black, if Nixon was black, if this was Barack Obama, is make us think. So, Bill, another thing that I want us to think about is this. Can the GOP count and the GOP primary voters who may elect Trump as he come in and out of jail, but obviously he showed that he could go to court and still do a campaign and just turn it into a campaign and a fundraiser. So, hey, he has skills. But the GOP primary voters should ask whether their candidate can win the general election. Well, that's it. I, I think he's toast on that. You know, where would the common ground be in this indictment in case? That's a tough one. Even the dog is barking at that yeah, one. Yeah, the dog. Even like, the dog is barking at that one, that Bill. the dog. Exactly. The, dogs, the dogs. I don't want to answer that. Who let the dogs out? You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I did, The common ground is. For the will of the country. Yeah. For the good of the country. Yeah. For the fact that this country can't be defeated by our enemies, but it can be defeated by us. Yeah. And we look in the mirror, Bill, and the enemy is us. And we ask God, God bless America. And God's not going to bless our mess, Bill, on both sides, because we're all Americans. Do you think Russia cares? Do you think China cares? Do you think North Korea cares? about our squabbling and common ground, they want to destroy us. Yeah, they want to take us over. You know, I, I have a lot of faith in the American people, that 60%. I think, you know, we go through trials and tribulations. We went through a pandemic. We went through 9-11. We've gone through wars. We've gone through recessions. 2008 recession was a huge one. Banking community almost blew up. Yep. So you start looking at all the things that we've gotten through as a country we're a strong group. And look at our economy, the best in the world right now after the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we put a lot of money in. Don't get me wrong. We probably put more money than we should have. But I think they wanted to err on the side of making sure we get through this. Because had they not put those things in, we wouldn't be sitting here because I wouldn't be owning this house. Wow. Because I didn't have income. PPP saved our bacon. Wow. You know? That's a good point. Now, you know, it's interesting too, though. Since we all know, and we say it all the time, all politics are local. Bill is more than just that. I think it's a situation where the spirit of politics in America has gotten to the point where we don't compete as political competitors anymore. We compete as political enemies. And at the end of the day, that's the part that you ask, Odell, does it scare you? 
it scares me from the fact that if we don't protect democracy, we don't understand how fragile democracy is. And if we lose democracy or damage democracy, then the whole thing is going to implode on us. And while we are trying to deal with the whole situation falling in on us, our enemies will come, Bill, because we won't be able to protect ourselves from our enemies if we're fighting from within. I agree. That's I my agree. fear. I agree. Well, this has been a, an interesting thing. I think he has a hearing coming up. They're trying to put this on a fast track so they can get it over with. I hope they can. And then knowing Trump, he's going to appeal it. All right. Give me some advice, Bill, before we close. Give me some advice. If I was Walt Nada, what would you tell me? Get a lawyer. <laughs> get a good lawyer. But Trump said, I got you, brah. I got you. Don't worry about it. I got you. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Bill, you know, my, they say they say when you represent yourself as a lawyer, you have a fool as a lawyer. But Trump says to Nada, I got you, bro. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I got you. You don't need a lawyer. And, and, and Nada, just keep moving those boxes. Just keep moving those boxes, baby. Just keep moving those boxes. Yeah. It's, it's something, man. I Because I, I, I'm sure, I don't know Nada personally, but I'm sure he has a family and I wonder, does he really know how deep he's into this thing? Maybe you need to talk to Michael Cohen and some other people who used to be with Trump. Well, there's his CFO from Trump headquarters. Yeah, exactly. And you, so is uh, a bunch of people. You know, every time we, we say something about Trump, then the dogs start barking. So, you know, maybe it's time for us to go because when the dogs never bark, but now the dogs are barking, so the dogs must hear that dog whistle too. So, hey, yeah. who knows, man? Yeah, I think uh, we might have um, Democratic dogs down there. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's the Republican dogs. I think uh, when you uh, say Trump name, then it's a dog whistle. Everybody understands what yeah, he's saying. Yeah. And the thing about it is, I think that our country deserves better, Bill. I think our country deserves better than President Trump. But let me go a little further. I said a long time ago, and I still can say 2024, no Biden, no Trump. I think we need to move on. I think we need to move on. But again, I get a lot of criticism, a lot of incoming from that. But Bill, you get a lot of criticism, a lot of incoming. So as we close, what's the latest on the school board? All I hear all these great things that you're doing and everything and at the same time you're being criticized and you're still doing it so how do you fight through all the incoming all the criticism all the name calling and the thing about it bill this is the thing that a lot of these folks who's calling you a traitor who's calling you a rhino who's calling you everything good christian evangelical people as Republicans, they're calling you everything and they won't say a mumbling word about President Trump. Square that for me, Bill. I don't understand. I don't understand. Me neither. Me neither. I don't I don't get it. I'm just trying to help out and help with school board. Maybe I'm not Republican enough for him. And, you know, the censorship was made up of probably less than a dozen people. That does not represent the Republican Party as far as I'm concerned or my District three. So I don't view it at all. I finally got a copy of it because they never gave me a copy. They never had me there to defend myself either. He just did it. Kind of sounds like the Gestapo. And so I'm like, what the heck? Was Nada there? Was Walt Nada there? Yeah, he was moving the boxes. He was moving the boxes. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, buddy. You ready to close? Bill, ready to close, man. Uh, listen. 
I know we laugh and joke when we have a good time. But again, when we look in the mirror for the enemy and the enemy is us, that's a problem. Amen. And the young folks are looking at us and how we behave. Yep. Amen. Bill, as you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the best bed sheets ever. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Odell, you know, Mike's making a special offer on these Giza sheets to our listeners. You can get this set of Giza sheets for as low as $29.98. You know, the first night I slept on these sheets, man, I'll never sleep on anything else again. Mike is making a special offer for our listeners. Yes. They can get the sheets, the Giza sheets for as low as $29.98. Yeah, that's right. Our listeners are the only ones that can get that. And the way they do that is they can get it a number of ways. One is you can call 1-800-238-7281. That's 800-238-7281. And use the promo code COMMON. Or you can go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code COMMON. That number again is 1-800-238-7281. And remember, use the promo code COMMON, C-O-M-M-O-N. Thank you so much for your support. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of VG Ad Group. All rights reserved. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulating and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 Chief Financial Officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PNL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com.